God, we worship you with all that we are. You know, to exalt means to lift up. And Father, this morning, we lift you up beyond our circumstances. God, we thank you that worship lets us see that you're bigger than everything else in our life. And I just pray the words of Jesus over every person here this morning where he said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Lord, and we take heart this morning in who you are. God, over financial, relational, health, any other issue that we have in this room. God, we take heart because you have overcome the world. God, thank you that worship gives us a bigger picture of who you are. We press into that this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We have some awesome musicians at this church, don't we? Praise God. <laughs> it's wonderful. Wonderful to seek God together. Well, hey, I hope your summer's going well. If I don't know you, my name's Kendall. I'm one of the leaders and pastors here at All People's Church. And Robert, our lead pastor, will be back next week. As been, been said before, he's in Mongolia. Some kind of crusade kind of event. I got an email from him this morning. He said they started a church. So praise God. You never know what will happen when you go to Mongolia for the weekend. And uh, that's exciting. So, hey, let's dive in this morning. We're continuing our Friendship with God series, but I want to start with a story. I loved uh, family vacations growing up. And being uh, someone that was born in Texas, a really common thing to do for families in Texas is to go skiing in Colorado or New Mexico throughout the kind of the spring break season when school's off for a week. And that was a really kind of common thing to do in my family. And so we would always drive, and we'd drive through snowstorms, or do other things to go skiing in New Mexico and Colorado, and there's one particular trip that comes to mind. I texted my mom uh, yesterday to confirm my age, and she said I was like nine or ten years old, but I remember being in second grade, and we drove to Crest Butte, Colorado. It was a long drive, okay, awesome. So got a Crest Butte fan out there, and uh, we drove to Crest Butte, Colorado, and it was a long drive. We landed, and the next morning got our lift tickets, and it was time to go out to the slopes. Now... I was kind of a gung-ho little guy back then, and I, I did not like to just ski for a few hours and then go in the lodge and drink hot chocolate the rest of the day and cuddle. That was not my thing. I wanted to be out until the lifts were closed. Until it got dark, I was going to maximize my time on the mountain. I've always been a good skier. I started doing it early, so I just really enjoyed it. I love being outside, and so that's just kind of how I was. And oftentimes, I would even go off and ski on my own, even as a young age. Just my parents were fine with it, and that's just kind of what we did. Um, but the first day, I would always go out with my dad so he could just kind of check on, how are your skills doing this year? Are you being safe? That kind of thing. And so the first day out, I was with my dad in Crested Butte. Now, one thing you need to know to understand this story is uh, in Colorado, it doesn't really snow in March very often. Typically, spring skiing is a little warmer. And so, but this particular day, it was very cold, and a snowstorm was coming. So we rode the lifts up, skied all day, and got to kind of a big run that kind of went down to the bottom of the mountain for the end of the day. And my dad said, hey, it's time to go in and eat dinner. Let's ski down to the bottom of the mountain. And I, being a little guy that I was, I said, well, Dad, I'm really enjoying doing the little forest trails in and out of the runs, but I'm pretty sure we're like an off-limits skiing area now that I think about it. But anyway, whatever. So I was enjoying kind of getting into the off kind of adventurous area and you know, just kind of looping in and out and doing my thing. And my dad said, well, do you know what you're doing? Have you done this before? Have you been on this run before? I said, yeah, totally. I know exactly where I am. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to ski down and I want you to meet me at the bottom of the mountain in 10 minutes. I said, all right, dad, I got this. I'm going to go my own way. So dad went to the bottom of the mountain and I took a left turn and went into the trees and followed a trail that I thought 
was the trail I had been on before and that I thought was going to take me to the bottom of the mountain. It did not take me to the bottom of the mountain. It took me to a face on the side of the mountain that was unprotected. There were no trees, and um, I fell in some deep powder. The sun set, and it started to snow. So there I was, second grade. Kendall, don't worry. The story has a happy ending, okay? He makes it out alive, okay? But there I was, second grade Kendall. I'd lost some of my gear. I was freezing. Uh, It was snowing. I was about this high in powder. I couldn't move. And I mean, I kind of thought that was it, right? And so um, I was out there. I remember crying for a while. I remember praying. Who knows how I prayed, okay? But I was out there doing that. And I was out there for several hours. Um, I remember in the distance hearing snowmobiles. My dad had sent out the ski patrol. They'd even turned on the lifts, hoping that I would find a lift and kind of ride it down. I don't know. They were just trying to find me. Um, But I was out there for a long time. And eventually, I was able to kind of... dig down and get my skis off, and then I used my skis to kind of dig my way out of this area, get back up off of this area, and onto kind of a little trail where I was able to find my way down the mountain a few hours later. My dad was waiting for me when I skied down. It was a very emotional moment. My wife, Shelly, has heard this story about 150 times, and um, we embraced, you know, my parents were exasperated, wanting to know where I was, and there are still arguments in the Laughlin household to this day about whether my dad should have let me ski alone, but that's not really the point of the story. The point is, is that I got lost because I left the presence of my father. I got lost because I left the presence of my father. The spiritual application is clear, right? So many times... We go through the course of our day disconnected from God. We got through the course of our day without listening to God, without starting our day on the right path with God, and as a result, we end up in a ditch. We end up on the face on the side of a mountain. It's snowing, and we've lost our gear. We weren't prepared. We didn't know the way. And that's what happened to me. You know, Jesus says this in John 15, 5, that apart from God, you can do nothing. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I don't think that that's a suggestion. You know, it's a pretty clear statement. Jesus is saying, hey, disconnected from me, there's no fruit that you can bear in life. If you try to go in your own way, you're going to fail like I did on the ski slope in second grade. So there's a few people, you know, throughout the scriptures and throughout history that really grabbed hold of this principle that we need to continue to connect our lives to God every day. And one of those people was Moses. One of those people was Moses. You see, this summer, we've been journeying through our Friendship with God series at All People's Church, where we've been talking through the life of Moses, right? We started with the birth of Moses. We talked about God's calling on people's lives. We talked about burning bush experiences. We kind of went through that and journeyed through that together. We've talked about the law. We've talked about grace. talked about a lot of different elements of Moses' life. But this morning, I want to speak to you to the subject of FaceTime. I want to speak to you from the subject FaceTime. And here's my goal this morning. I'm going to reveal all my cards to you. Okay, so here we go. Um, I want you to leave this morning excited and equipped to have face time with God every day. I want you to leave this morning excited and equipped to have face time with God every day. So you guys excited to be excited about FaceTime? Great. Let's do it. Let's jump into Exodus chapter 33 together. If you don't have a Bible, you can just raise your hand. Our ushers are going to come through and down the aisle. We like to pass out Bibles. It's our privilege to give people a gift, their first Bible. If you don't own one, please keep it. But yeah, we'll just continue to pass those out as we jump in. Exodus chapter 33. And this Bible, it's on page 62. I don't know what page it's on in your Bible, but 62 in this one. All right, let's start with some context. 
Moses has been on the mountain meeting with God. Moses has been on the mountain meeting with God. God speaks to him on the mountain. The first thing God shows him is the law. We talked about that two weeks ago in church. We talked about God's law and God's standards. God speaks that to Moses. He writes that down in the book of Exodus. The next thing God speaks to Moses is about the tabernacle. He speaks to how he wants to be worshipped. We talked about that last week in our message. Robert talked about draw near. And I've still been thinking about that TSA illustration. If anybody else uh, heard that last week, that was hilarious. But he talked about drawing near to God, okay? And here in Exodus 33, Moses has come off the mountain after getting all this incredible revelation from God, and he's found the Hebrew people in sin. The Hebrew people have been down there in Moses' absence making an idol. They made a huge golden calf. Actually, what they tell him is, yeah, we threw our gold in the fire and out came this calf, which is a little suspect. But anyway, they start worshiping this idol. Moses finds them in sin. His heart is grieved. And that's where we pick up the story in Exodus 33. So let's dive in here. We're going to read a few verses. Let's start with verses 1 through 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and your people, you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hiveites, and the Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you, because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. Ouch. That wasn't one of my planned jokes. So anyway, God must have put some humor in there. So when the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Let's, let's read the first part of 11 there again. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Here we see Moses, he's having FaceTime. He's connecting with God face to face. He's building a deep personal relationship with God. So what's so exciting about FaceTime? What would motivate us to spend time with God on our own in a similar way that Moses did? Well, let's turn back to Exodus 33, verse 1. See, God is speaking to Israel. And as he's speaking to him, he's, he's actually answering their prayers. He says in verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people, you've brought up out of Egypt. And what God is saying, the Israel people had been in slavery in Egypt for a number of years, okay? It's hundreds of years. They've been in slavery in Egypt, and they're stuck there, and God rescues them through Moses. Then, after being in Egypt, they get stuck in the desert. So now they're out in the desert. They're wanting to go on the promised land. So God is speaking to them, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to bring you into the promised land. So that, first of all, they've been rescued from Egypt. Secondly, they're getting to go on the promised land. Now, what's the next thing God says in verse 2? I will send an angel before you and drive out your enemies, So he's saying, not only am I going to send you to the promised land, I'm also going to fight all your battles for you. You're just going to get to walk right in. Not only does God say that, but then in verse 3, he says this, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. He's saying, this is going to be a pleasant place. This is going to be a prosperous place. You're going to have everything you need. It's going to feel like luxury compared to Egypt. 
So you would think that the average Hebrew person would have been excited by that. But then God says here in verse three, he says, I won't go with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. God says, because of your sin, I can't journey with you to the promised land. That really hit the Hebrew people hard. They respond in verse four saying, when the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn. When the people heard these words, they began to mourn. One of the reasons God wants to connect with us individually is because it meets a cry in our heart for relationship that nothing else can. It meets a cry in our heart for relationship that nothing else can. The Hebrew people would have had everything. They had each other, they had friends and family, and God uses that to meet our needs, obviously. They had a wonderful place to live. They were rescued, an angel was gonna fight all their battles for them, that would be nice, okay? But they mourn because God isn't going with them. FaceTime meets a cry of relationship in our heart that nothing else can. You know, Apple has really caught on to this, right? This idea of FaceTime. Now, I just want you to know, we were using the term FaceTime for time with God a little before Apple came out with a FaceTime thing. I'm not expecting a check anytime soon, but anyway, there it is, okay? So, if you don't have an Apple product, FaceTime is, a, is an app on a phone or an iPad that allows you to chat with someone by looking at their face. Actually, it was pretty cool. During our baby dedication a few weeks ago, there was some FaceTiming going on down here so someone could kind of be remotely involved in the dedication, which I thought was awesome. But Apple, okay, has caught on to a really interesting spiritual principle, okay? Relationships are made through face-to-face connections. Relationships are made through face-to-face connection. David says this in the Psalm, Psalm 27. Put that up, guys. You've said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I seek. We were made to be connected to God and to seek his face, to develop an intimate relationship with him. FaceTime meets the relational needs of our heart like nothing else can. Yeah, you know, oftentimes when I start talking about spending time with the Lord with people, we can get into an interesting misconception. Let me say something. God doesn't need your time. He's the king of the universe, right? He's got things covered. But we desperately need our time with God, don't we? There is a cry in our heart for relationship that nothing else can meet besides a face-to-face connection with our Father God. That's one reason to be excited about FaceTime. It's because so many times we go through life feeling not known. We go through life feeling not understood. But God wants you to have one place in your life where you are fully known, where you are fully understood, and that's your personal relationship with him. And we experience that in FaceTime. Okay, so that's a reason to be excited about FaceTime. It's because it meets our relational cry for intimacy and relationships. Okay, another reason. Supernatural awe, okay? God wants to excite us and give us supernatural awe. Let's turn down to verse 8, Exodus 33. Well, verse 9. As Moses went to the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. So Moses goes into the tent to have FaceTime, and then the pillar of cloud descends upon the tent. It's this crazy supernatural experience, this manifestation of God's presence that happens as Moses is spending time with God. Listen, God wants us to be in awe of his supernatural power. It's one thing to come to church. Okay, you have a great worship band here. We've got the, we've got the speakers set up, so you've got a great sound system. You have a preacher come and share the word of God with you. It's one thing to experience God here. It's another thing to realize that God wants to meet with little old me and little old you and our own houses. 
around all of our stuff, with our family and our dog at our feet. God wants to meet with us, and it should put us in awe that the king of the universe would want to come into our home and meet with us. Amen? God wants us to fill our hearts with supernatural awe. That's, it's the reason that so many people in our culture are spiritually unsatisfied. You know, that's why supernatural books and movies have grown so popular. We have a deep desire to be in awe of something bigger than ourselves. Acts 2, it says this, at the early church, that awe came upon every soul. You know, one of the things I pray for all people's churches, our church would be a church of awe. That people would come in and just be in awe of God, not in any one preacher or any one ministry, but we'd be in awe of what God does and his transformative power in our lives. And FaceTime is a place where God wants to meet that need. He wants to surprise us with supernatural awe. A few more things I see in the passage that should excite us about FaceTime. Let's go down to verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Well, first of all, it says the Lord would speak. So that's a good word right there, right? God wants to speak with you as you listen to him every morning in prayer. A few days ago, I was, I was actually preparing this message, and um, I was just listening to God in the morning in my FaceTime, and I felt like God wanted me to go to a specific coffee shop and work on this message. Now, this is a coffee shop I don't really like going to. It's hard to concentrate there. It's really loud, and there's never anywhere to sit, okay? So, but I went anyway, because God told me to, right? He pressed it upon my heart in prayer, and I showed up there. There was one seat available, and so I sat there and got some coffee and began to work on my message, and honestly, it was a pretty distracting environment. There was a lot of people around. There was this one table. There was kind of a big party atmosphere. I, was, I couldn't find my headphones. I was having a hard time studying, okay? But I was there obeying God, so there I was, and about 30 minutes later, in the booth in front of me, this guy sits down. And immediately I'm like, there's something about that guy. And you know, when you kind of see someone and you're deciding whether to say hi to them or not, because you're not really sure if you know them. So I went through that for about 15 minutes. And eventually, I went to the guy's table, and I said, hey, how's it going? I'm Kendall. I'm a follower of Jesus. I think you might be a Christian. Anyway, so I, this is super weird, I know, but uh, we start talking, and I find out the guy is a leader of a ministry here in San Diego that I've been praying for four months that I'd have a connection with. And God sent me this particular day in this particular coffee shop and the only seat was available so he could come sit next to me so we could connect. So listening to God, that's something that God wants to give us. You see, yeah, it's, if you miss a day, that's okay, but sometimes we're missing opportunities that God wants to set up for us if we aren't listening to him at the beginning of the day. All right, verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one would speak to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Who's Joshua? Joshua was Moses' successor. Joshua was the guy who led Israel after Moses. There's a whole book of the Bible called Joshua. Okay. Joshua was trained in FaceTime. FaceTiming is a way that God trains us and gives us direction. As I was praying for this message, I just felt like there are many of us this morning that um, you know, you've been working hard in the role or job or situation that you're in, but you knew that God had something different or something more for you, but you weren't sure what it is. I want to encourage you to jump into FaceTime. God will use it over time to train you and put you in the right place. This is what happened to me. I was working for a business. I was very happy, but I knew it wasn't the, the, the final thing I was supposed to be doing with the next few years of my life, and I came out to San Diego for training, and I was on the beach in Coronado having FaceTime, and God began to stir my heart for San Diego. 
And that's how this started for me, of this process of moving out here, and joining up with Robert and helping start All People's Church. But FaceTime is God's training school. It's where he comes and speaks to us and directs us. You know, after our Mexico trip every year, I always ask people, hey, what's the most powerful thing about the trip? And, you know, occasionally someone will share a story about a healing or leading someone to Christ. But more often than not, it's the spending time with God every day that's touched people's lives. FaceTime is God's training and direction plan for our life. That's a reason to be excited about FaceTime. I know we all need training and direction. Okay, here's another thing. This one should encourage you. 3314. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. My presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. I don't know about you, but my life is pretty hectic. My son woke up at 5.15 today, okay? So it was dad time, right? But in the middle of that time of helping him get set up and letting the dog go out and use the bathroom and all the kind of other morning routine stuff that we do, I had a place of rest, and that was FaceTime. You, you ones with little kids or busy moms or ones with little work schedules, God, busy work schedules, God wants to give you a place of rest, right? God wants you to have a Sabbath sometime in your day where you know that you can have your needs met and you can let your guard down and you can receive from him. I learned this in a busy season. In about 2005, I was engaged um, working a job over 55 hours a week, and I was also involved in starting some small groups on a new college campus. It was a very busy season for me. And as I would drive to work, I worked from 7 to 7, and I would drive to work, and it was really hard for me to get FaceTime for a few months. My only FaceTime was crying on the way to the office. But anyway, I finally made it out of that because I found this abandoned tra- train station by the call center that I worked in. And for me, my place of rest in that season was on my lunch break, going and spending time with God and that train station. That train station became my cathedral. because It was a place for me to have rest. It was a place for me to let my guard down. It was a place for me to meet with God. We all need rest in our lives, and it's good to relax and be entertained and hang out with friends, and I'm all for those things, but there's one place where you can totally let your guard down. It's with God. He wants you to have a place of rest. So here's some reasons to be excited about FaceTime. Relationship, right? Talked about that. God meets our need for relationship. Supernatural awe. God wants to be in awe of who he is and his power and his presence. Training. God wants to train us for the next season of life and rest. Okay? God wants to train us and give us rest in the process. So let's get practical. Okay, so my goal this morning is for you to be excited and equipped to have face time with God every day. Okay, so let's move to the equipping portion of our time. So I have some friends that are going to help me with this. They're going to help us kind of all have FaceTime here together this morning. So you guys ready to have FaceTime? Awesome. Okay, so my friends are going to come out. As I do this, I'm going to let you know at the end of this message, I'm going to be encouraging you to do a week FaceTime challenge. I'm going to be encouraging you to do a week FaceTime challenge. So if you've never spent time with God consistently, at the end of this message, we're going to put up some resources that are encourage you to do that. But first, I never like to, you know, encourage someone to do something without showing them, right? Some things in the kingdom are better caught than taught. And so we're all going to spend time with God together as we seek God. Okay, great. Got my coffee. Good. And as we seek God and we're ready to experience him. So you guys ready? All right. So first of all, let's say it's Saturday night, Okay hanging out with some friends, okay, just got home from a birthday party, you know, maybe I'll hang out, see what's going on on Instagram, just kind of mess around on my phone, wait, what's that alarm, 
I'm not asleep. No, that's my bedtime alarm. Okay, so here's the first step to spending time with God in the morning. You gotta go to bed at the right time, right? So whether you have a set bedtime or you have an alarm that reminds you, you know, my friend Mark Tapia did this, it really worked for him, okay? It got him up in the morning and it was really helpful to him and maybe it'll work for you, but however you need to have some roommate accountability in your life or spouse accountability to go to bed on time, that's the key that's gonna get you up in the morning. So my alarm has gone off, so here I am, I'm gonna go to sleep, all right? So see you guys in a few hours. All right, good. Gonna rest here for a while and soak in God's presence. All right, here we go. All right, time to have FaceTime, time to experience God, right? I'm up, I'm ready to worship. I've taken my snooze button now and said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I have moved on. Okay, I'm out of the bed and I tell it, I get vertical. I am vertical. Okay. My feet are on the ground. First testimony of the day. Praise God. Okay. Side note, you know, there's some people that wake up and say, good morning, Lord. Some of us wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. Okay, (laughs) I'm in that category. But let me tell you some reasons why I might spend time with God in the morning, okay? Here's a scripture from Mark 1 I want to show you. There it is. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Okay, Jesus was God. He didn't need to pray. I believe he did this for our benefit, to model how it is, to go aside in the beginning of the day. This is what I call the first fruits principle. You know, this morning I read Proverbs 3, and it was talking about giving their first fruits to God. This is when we give the first fruits of our day to God. We say, God, set my day up for success. I want to honor you with my day. I want to be a living sacrifice to you. This is why I spend time with God in the morning. Let's look at another scripture. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord. That's a good word right there. Okay, and what's the next one? Psalm 88, 13. But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Maybe you're crying for help to wake up, even while you're still horizontal and not vertical yet. But that's a good reason to spend time with the Lord in the morning. It prepares you for the day. I love praying through my day. Now, of course, if you miss a morning, it's great to spend time with God in the afternoon, the evening, or some of us have different schedules. There's grace for the journey, but these are some reasons that I spend time with the Lord in the morning. If you miss a day, just do it the next day, okay? So let's hop back into FaceTime, all right? So I'm up, I'm vertical, that's good. Yes, coffee, very good, excellent. Get that going. And now we're gonna have some time worshiping. So my sound team is gonna help me out with a perfect worship song for my morning. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, yeah, you know, I've been kind of needing some time to myself. Just some time to hear God. Yeah, wait a minute, nope, Uh uh-uh, nope. Burned, okay, not gonna do that, okay. I need to get excited and engage with my day, right? So this is not the time, at least in my own life, where I soak in God's presence. I leave that for another time. Instead, I get excited. And I think you guys might need to get excited with me. So let's stand up and worship the Lord together as we have our FaceTime. Kick it, sound team. This is a song everyone should know. Great. Okay, let's start off just by thanking God. Psalm 100 says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Turn to your neighbor and tell tell them something you're thankful for in your life that God's done. Okay? Tell your neighbor something you're thankful for real quick. Find a friend. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one. Great. God 
today. I'm thankful for your presence. I'm thankful, God, that while I was sleeping, you were speaking to me. You were protecting me, God. I'm thankful for your provision. God, I'm thank you. thankful you're protecting my family. I'm thankful we have a place to live. God, I come into your presence today with excitement and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. All right, let's turn up the music. You can turn down my voice and we'll worship, okay? transition to prayer, right? It's time to transition to praying. And three things that I always pray for are myself, my world around me, and the nations of the world. Okay, so we're going to journey through that together. And one scripture I'll often pray over myself is Psalm 103. Okay, so we're going to read Psalm 103 out loud together. Just a few verses and kind of break that down and pray that for ourselves as a community. It's good to pray for yourself. Amen. Okay, great. So let's put Psalm 103 up, guys. Okay, great. I can just read it out loud. No problem. So we'll start with Psalm 103. You know, in my house, I don't have a big projector like this with Dave Sanders in the back. So this is better practice anyway. So great. Okay, I'll read it out loud. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion who satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. So I'll just start and say, praise the Lord on my soul. I command my mind, my will, and my emotions to praise the Lord today. I say my meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth are gonna be pleasing to you today, God. Praise the Lord on my soul and forgetting on all his benefits. God, thank you for the many ways you've blessed me. 
God, thank you, Lord, for my family. God, thank you. It's the children are a blessing from the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor from the Lord. God, thank you for friends, Lord. Thank you for a place to live, Lord. Thank you for transportation. Thank you for the many ways you've blessed me, who forgives all my friend, sins. She forgives my friends, too, but <laughs> forgives my sins. God, thank you, Lord, that you have not remembered the sins of my youth. God, all the stupid stuff that I used to do and all the stupid stuff I did yesterday, God, that you've forgiven me. God, that you have not remembered my sins, that your mercy is new every morning. And I'm waking up this morning, God, and your heart is happy that I'm in your presence, and you've forgiven my sins. God, you heal all my diseases. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the many healings we've gotten to see as a church recently. God, thank you. Thank you, God. I just continue to believe for healing in my own life, Lord. I continue to pray over my sleep. I pray I'd have a healed sleep, God. I'd sleep in your presence, that every person in my family would knock out and wake up, ready to worship you. Lord, I pray that would be a church of healing. I pray for all the people in my life that need healing in their heart. God, I pray that you would gift them with inner healing through grace, Father, in Jesus' name, who redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. God, thank you, Lord, that I'm not depressed or anxious today because of your love and compassion. And I thank you for that, God, who satisfies my desires with good things. God, you know my desires. You know the dreams of my heart. Now, I give them to you today, praying that you'd satisfy them with good things. Lord, you're the one, God, even, even the desire of the nations. That's who you are, God. So I just declare my biggest desire is you today, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord. I just pray today I would feel even more energetic than I did in college. God, that I would just, I would just be a Holy Spirit uh, hummingbird, just going around everywhere with tons of energy today. God, make my day light and energetic. God, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'll pray for myself in Psalm 103. And then I'll continue to pray. I'll pray for the people in my sphere, the people in my life. Okay, so all out loud together, if you feel comfortable, or you can pray silently if you like, let's pray for someone in our life that we know, okay? Maybe it's a family member, a spouse, or a child, or a coworker, but let's begin to pray all together for someone that we know. We can put the background music up again, guys, and let's just pray for a moment. So I'll be praying, but you guys pick someone in your life that you want to pray for, okay? Great, let's spend a few moments praying for someone in our life. Maybe it's someone in this room. If you need help praying, you can just turn to someone else and say, will you help me pray? In our hearts, God. We put you at the center, Jesus. pray for every person in my life every day. I, I generally pray as the Spirit leads, but there are some people I try to pray for every day. And for those people, I have scriptures that I'm declaring over them. Okay? So uh, I'm just going to go through that and pray now. So thank you, God, for my wife, Shelly. Lord, I pray that today would be a spacious place for her. God, I pray she'd have plenty of room in her life for relationships. She'd have room to connect with you today, God. I pray that you'd deliver her from evil, God, that you just protect her from weird people or things that are out there. I pray protection over her today. Lord, I pray that she'd be like a fruitful garden today, God, that you would water her, God, and that she'd be bearing fruit in every area of her life, Lord. I pray you'd make her a shepherd of people in our lives. We continue to pray that you just bring her people that are struggling or hurting and need someone to believe in them and need someone to encourage them. God, I pray that you'd make her a shepherd of many people in this city. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray 
pray for my son Isaac. Lord, I pray that he would love the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he would love his neighbor as himself, God. And he would be one that brings the law of God back to this generation. And he would be saved at the earliest possible age. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for our church staff, Lord. I pray that you would make us wise and master builders, God, as we facilitate what you're doing in all people's church, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll pray for others in my life. And the last thing I'll do is pray for the world, okay? I'll pray for the world. And one of the big prayers that I've been having just the past few weeks as I've been praying for the world is for Syria, the country of Syria. Many of us know that Syria is in the middle of a civil war right now, and there's all kinds of uh, crazy things you probably see in the news. And I got to see the Syrian border last summer and lead some Syrians to Christ, and that was a huge privilege. And so that place is really on my heart. But I love this verse. I've been praying for Syria in Matthew 4. It says, Matthew 4, 24, news about him spread all over Syria. Amen? Okay, so hallelujah. So why don't you turn to a neighbor and pray for Syria? Just pray that the news of Jesus would spread all over that nation. Let's pray that scripture together. And if you don't know someone next to you, or not familiar in praying with a group like this, that's okay. You can kind of watch and observe, but this is what we do at All People's Church. We get together, we pray, we seek God together. You're welcome to join in with the family this morning. We pray for the nation of Syria this morning. Lord, you declare in your word that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we thank you for a plentiful harvest in that country that many people are going to come to know you. And we pray that you would raise up laborers from Syria, even from our own city. God, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, amen. So we've worshiped, we've prayed. Aren't you guys enjoying FaceTime? All right. So you can go ahead and sit down now, and now we're going to spend some time in God's word, okay? We're going to spend some time studying the scriptures. You know, Psalm 119 says this. I typically wouldn't be this close to my bed, by the way. That would be a temptation. But Psalm, Psalm 119 says this. The unfolding of your word gives light. And so many times, I, I don't know what to do in a situation, but it's the unfolding of God's word that brings light to a situation in my life. And so together, we are going to study God's word this morning. And we're going to turn to James chapter 1. So we're going to put James 1, a section of James 1 up here. If you have a Bible, you can turn to James and... Great. Great. So here's a scripture in James 1 we're going to read together. Um, is this all there is or is there another slide that's coming? There's two slides? Great. Would you guys read in this out loud to me together just so we're all engaged and on the same page? Let's do it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. Okay, so there's a great scripture to meditate on this morning. Now, I was raised in a Christian tradition, but 
I didn't really know how to study the scriptures, and so they didn't mean much to me. But when I started asking questions as I was reading the Bible, that's when things clicked. And so I want to share with you guys some helpful questions that you can ask, okay, as you're reading the scriptures each morning. Do we have those, guys? Great. Okay, so the first question is, what does this tell me about God? Okay, what does this tell me about God? Second question, what does this tell me about the world around me? What is the worldview that God's trying to give me through the scriptures as I read this? And the third question, what do I need to do about it? (laughs) Okay, what do I need to do about it? We want to pray the scriptures, we want to understand what they say, but we also want to obey God's word, amen? Uh, Jesus said, blessed are these who hear and obey. We want to be obedient hearts before God as we have face time. So let's focus on this third question for a moment. What do I need to do about it? How do I need to obey? Let's put up first, excuse me, James 1 up. Again, very good. If you're next to someone with a Bible, you may want to look over their shoulder. And let's just think for a minute. Let's just read this and ask God. God, is there anything I need to obey in this scripture in my life today? I'm just going to give you a few minutes to read it. And guys, maybe you could even rotate between the two different slides just so everyone can get the whole thing. So just think about it. Ask God to speak to you. Great, so if something stuck out to you, why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say, hey, this is something God was telling me as I was reading this. Very interactive morning, I know, (laughs) scary. Okay, I'll give you guys a pass on that. So then, as I'm reading the scriptures, I'm gonna write down what God is telling me. So I may write down, this is what I was learning about God through this, this is what God was telling me to obey, and then the last part of my FaceTime is listening to God is listening to God. It's just hearing God and responding to him. At the end of every day, at the end of every FaceTime, it's so important to give God a chance to speak and to lead us and guide us as we're connecting with him, okay? So that's the last part of my FaceTime as I'm spending time with God together. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Let's just summarize what we've done today. First of all, my goal, for you to be excited and equipped to have FaceTime with God every day. We talked about what's there to be excited about. Right, God meets our need for relationship. He shows us supernatural awe, fills us with awe as we spend time with him. He wants to train us. He wants to give us direction. He wants to give us rest, right? And then we did some equipping together, right? We prayed. We prayed the scriptures. We worshiped. We didn't stay in bed. We went to bed at the right time, and we woke up and rebuked our snooze button. We went through a process of seeking God together in the morning. Excited and equipped to have face time with God every day. So here's the challenge I'd like to throw your way. For the next seven days, would you consider spending time with God every day? Would you consider just trying, just trying to have face time every day? I think I have some slides for this. Did you guys get those? Great, awesome. So here's a one-week FaceTime challenge. We talked about the why. Okay, here's our scripture. That's kind of our theme scripture for this time. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went up to the solitary place where he prayed. So here's some resources how you can journey on experimenting and putting your foot in the water. 
toe in the water with FaceTime the next few days, okay? First of all, we have an app. I don't know if you know this, but we have an app for our church. It's an Android iPhone app. There's been almost 3,000 downloads. It's awesome. You can go on there, and there's a blog, a FaceTime blog. We just click on FaceTime, and over the next seven days, the first one's already on there, there'll be a FaceTime activity for you. So if you're looking for some directed FaceTime, you can access the blog on your phone. You can go to facetime.allpeopleschurch.org. It'll be there as well. Or there's a link on allpeopleschurch.org. But I'll tell you what we're going to be doing, so if you'd rather do it self-directed, we're going to be reading through the book of James together. We're going to be praying for ourselves, for our world around us, and the nations of the world, and we're going to be worshiping every day. I'd like to invite you to take the seven-day FaceTime challenge. Maybe at the end of next week, you'll feel some things in your heart. Maybe you'll feel more supernatural awe. I think a lot of us will feel more rested. It's kind of counterintuitive, getting up to get rest, right? I think a lot of us will feel more rested. I think some of us will feel trained and equipped for our days. We won't end up on the side of a mountain in the snow, okay? And I think some of us will just feel more relationally at peace, like God has met our needs as we've met with our Heavenly Father. Why don't you stand up? More than anything, spending time with God, any spiritual discipline in our lives, face time, it comes from grace, right? And so as we close our time, there's two things I want to say about grace. Grace is the free gift of God. And maybe you're a person this morning that has never experienced grace. You've never experienced God's free gift of forgiveness in your life. You've never known what it's felt like to be forgiven of your sins. And I talk about connecting with God every morning today, but you've never connected with God at all. God's always felt way up here and never right here close to you. If that's you, I just want you to know following Jesus is a lifelong journey, but it begins with a step. That step is praying to Jesus and turning your life over to him and asking for his forgiveness. And if God's been touching your heart about that recently, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me right now. So let's all close our eyes, and there's different ones maybe that'll pray this with me, but you can repeat these words after me. They aren't magic words, but they're just words to introduce you to my friend Jesus. Okay, so you can pray this. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to give you my heart. I pray that you'd forgive me my sins. And that you'd fill me with your spirit. I believe that you died on the cross. That you rose again from the dead. And I believe that because of my faith in you, I'll be in heaven with you for eternity. Come and lead me every day of my life. I turn it over to you. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, just while everyone's focusing on God and their eyes are closed, would you just give me a wave so I can celebrate with you and pray for you? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great. Anyone else? Thank you, God. Great, let's all pray together as we end our time this morning. Again, spending time with God, FaceTime, the spiritual disciplines come through grace. So I'm gonna pray this morning that we would be a people of grace. We'd have the grace to wake up in the morning. We'd have the grace to focus on God. We'd have the grace to hear God. And I just pray over you that this will be a week of grace, a week of walking into the grace of God where it'd be easy to connect with God's presence. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I pray, God, in my own life, in the life of every person here, that you would deeply increase our connection with you. I pray this would be a week where our needs are met with you. And I pray as we gather next Sunday, this room would fill full of your presence because of what you filled us with.
throughout the course of the week. God, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to worship for a little bit. You can join us.